Hello, and thank you for receiving our transmission from the Nexus of Realities. I'm Soltis, and joining me is my brother and fellow trans-dimensional being, Banjo. I'm Irish. <laughs> so, due to some turbulence within the Nexus, Beaches, Lumberdor, and Doug were unable to meet, forcing us to table our discussion of the peanut butter falcon, and I'm not sure when we'll get to that. Fortunately, my brother Banjo was in the area and agreed to stop by. However, we're going to be changing things up with a conversation focusing on the Banshees of Inishiran. The 2022 tragic comedy written, directed, and co-produced by Martin McDonough. This is a film that has received widespread critical praise, of which I was leery, given the modern state of Hollywood. But in this case, I believe the accolades are not only warranted, but deserved. If you enjoy our discussion series and would like to contribute or get in contact with us, consider visiting either our Patreon page or our website at ourbinetcake.com, liking, subscribing, and sharing the transmission with your friends. Be sure to join us next week for our 100th transmission, where we discuss a film that holds a special place in our hearts, Basketball, the 1998 sports comedy co-written and directed by David Zucker and starring South Park creators Trey Parker and Matt Stone. The Banshees of Inishiran. It's a strange movie. It is a strange movie. Yes. <laughs> Small town on an island and you have two friends who end up not being friends anymore. It's the fallout in this town of these two people not being friends anymore. That's it. But what attracted you to this movie? Because it was on my radar, but I hadn't given it much consideration until you recommended it to me. I enjoyed it, but... I remember thinking, maybe I'm not as smart as I think I am, because <laughs> I, maybe I was expecting something different, or maybe I just didn't get it at first, because I had to sit and think about it for a while. The, what, the thing that I really liked about this film was that it reminded me of a short story. And honestly, all films are short stories, because it takes you like a week to read a book you can watch a movie in like an hour and a half, right? Or two hours or whatever it is, unless you're Peter Jackson and you make a movie of the Hobbit and then it takes you <laughs> way longer to watch the movie than it would to actually read the book. <laughs> but um, this reminded me so much of, of a short story. You had the music was great. Art direction and the cinematography was beautiful you just felt like you were in Ireland and it was these two friends and sort of like the ridiculous nature that people can treat each other. And it was just a capture of the time and space around Colm not wanting Podrick to talk to him anymore because <laughs> he wants to focus on his art and then self-mutilation in spite of that art to get Podrick to stop talking to him. And then he tries to burn down his house. After the donkey dies. After the donkey dies. Jenny was, I, I don't know, like one of the reasons why I like short stories is because they're self-contained in that way. And they don't have to over-explain their purpose or their existence. It kind of reminded me of like an essay or, or a fictional piece that was short that lets you see into how Calm and Padraig treat each other and the sadness around Dominic and the sort of feeling of, loneliness and despair that like 
a lot of the people on the island feel, right? His sister Siobhan, and that's why she leaves. And I really enjoyed it for that aspect of just sitting down, not really knowing what to expect because, I mean, the trailer doesn't do any, like, hiding of the fact that Colm is going to cut his fingers off. Like, you you know going into it that he's going to be missing fingers. (laughs) And it's still a surprise when it happens. And how, like... How no way why um, yes <laughs> i love when he throws them at the door you know the sound that they make when they bounce off the door <laughs> that is ridiculous <laughs> it, it is ridiculous but i liked it because people are ridiculous how people treat each other oh, how people treat man. themselves are ridiculous and so i don't know it gave you it gave you a bunch of things like in the life of a small town where you have people who are really close to each other because that's all they've got. Right. And it's the way that they treat each other, the way the cop beats up Podrick, the way that everyone just sort of like tolerates Dominic. Yeah. I thought that he was the most tragic character. Oh, he did such a good, I think, I feel like if Barry Keegan doesn't win best supporting actor, like the Oscars really don't have any hope. <laughs> oh, I've long so given good. up on the Oscars. He was so good. Any sort of validation of anything. His character is not someone I would seek out a friendship with, if that makes sense. That's why he was like the most tragic of the characters. Mm-hmm. He can't help himself sort of deal. He's being beaten and abused at home. Dominic is huffing away from the church. And he's absolutely beaten black and blue and cut up and has a, a short conversation telling him that his dad found out that he stole the alcohol and then beat him up with a kettle. Yes. But he didn't mind so much except for the spout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> right. You can't be pulling out this emotion and then immediately drop this emotion into it at the same time. There were several yeah. points in that film where I guffawed in the... I would have been the annoying person who's like laughing and bugging it for everybody else. But thankfully, no one else was in the audience. Dominic finds some sort of solace in a developing friendship with Porig after Colm isn't in the picture. And it seems like Porig isn't who Dominic thought he was. And he loses that friendship. Then he goes to Siobhan, confesses his love to Siobhan. Siobhan turns him down, rejects him. And then he wanders off and eventually bodies floating in the in the lake. It's not stated, but I think it's safe to assume that he committed suicide. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it had a profound effect on me. All these terrible things kept happening to happening to this one person, and then he died. I, I don't know how to interpret all that. Dominic's father, the cop, is on his way to Porik's house to beat him up, yeah. to beat up Porik. And he's stopped by the old witch, Ms. McCormick, who has the pole with the hook that Dominic had found earlier. Yeah, in the movie, and yeah. he's trying to figure out what she's trying to figure out what it's for, and it's used to pull his body out of the lake <laughs> in the end. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about this now that like this sense of loss that the father feels for Dominic. Maybe that's the juxtaposition of the place where Podrick and Colm really are is the fact that that door is open and that they can get like they have the tools to repair the relationship because they still have time with each other. Um, and funny enough, that's all you have on an here in his time. As that was stated by Siobhan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You look at Dominic as being a character who like truly doesn't deserve what he gets, right? He's just looking for someone to love, right? And he wants to be loved. 
Um, and, and he needs that. Yeah. He needs to be loved and he needs to have someone that he can love. And I think that you see that in all of the characters in their own way, in Calm and Padraig and Siobhan, bouncing off of each other, trying to accomplish it and the choices that they ultimately make on this path to that. But, you know, Dominic's the only one who can never really return from the, the consequences of his actions. He just got like a bum rap the entire part of his life. Oh, yeah. Um, and Barry Keegan plays him beautifully. I, he, just, he does. He does. Oh, and there are some great characters in this. The shopkeeper lady, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but she's so nosy. And gossip. Yeah. She don't want to conduct business with people who don't tell her something about yeah. what's going on in other people's lives. And there are people like that. Are. It's an interesting character study for all these different kinds of people. It is. And I thought that uh, Martin McDonald did a great job at bringing these characters together and you watch them sort of bounce off each other. I think the cop is like the closest thing to a villain. Easily say so, yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting, Podrig and Colm's dynamic because of the cop, right? Like, it seems like the cop loves to beat the crap out of Podrig. And <laughs> Colm is the one who like stands up for Podrig. The premise that I kept thinking of was, you guys are like a small island. You have to ship in your father for mass on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have a full-time father who lives on the island to do mass. Who else do you have? It's not like you have tons of people that you can go to. The people that you have are the people that you see at the pub, which is, I think, part of the reason why Padraig is so confused at the start anyway, when Colm's like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Because I think Padre at a certain point is like, we see each other all the time. Like, who else are you going to talk to? <laughs> like, I, we go to the same <laughs> hub. Like, we can't avoid each other. <laughs> <laughs> Holm is the one who takes Padre home through, after the cop beats up Padre out to the shop. Who else is there? This is the thing. I'm going to get kind of um, deep for a second. This is the mm -hmm. thing that I think is so funny about heaven. Where when people think of heaven, it's like, who do you think is going to be in heaven? It's going to be all kinds of people who like you have to learn to get along with other people or you're not going to be one of the people who's in heaven. The people who are in heaven are the people who can get along with anyone because that's what it takes to like be in a place where there's no discord. You have to be so I think the words like long suffering, right? Long suffering to put up with your fellow person, fellow man or woman in order to enjoy their company. And that's the funny that's like. I feel like that's the dark comedy side of this that's, I don't know, maybe like a click deeper. And I think that that's one of the sad pieces about Siobhan is that she, like, she realizes that and she realizes she needs to leave. Like this island has nothing for me. I've got this opportunity over here. These people are crazy. <laughs> like I just yeah. got to get out sort of thing. <laughs> well, and then for Porig, he's described as a nice guy. He has his sister, he has his donkey, and he has Colm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's about all he has going for him. He's not too intelligent. He's not like ambitious. You know, he, he isn't, he isn't yeah, wealthy. Talented. He doesn't even have any ambition. Yeah. He's just happy to tend to his animals and to drink with his friend, call him at the pub, you know, live with his sister. And it's a very simple life that he has. And he's very content with that. And then Colm's decision shakes that up, puts Potterick in that position where he loses his niceness right? Like that's the mm -hmm. thing that he ends up sacrificing to try to comprehend and work through the loss of his friend. And then he loses his other friend, Jenny, you know, he loses his sister, who's Jenny, he eventually loses mm -hmm. Dominic. 
like he loses a lot of people in his life. I don't know. That's why I just, I just kept thinking about like relationships of people and how people can be mean to each other or how people tr just treat each other in general, regardless of the outcomes of their actions. We as adults know that consequences, <laughs> consequences do have action. I mean, actions do have consequences. The, the losing of the friends, the losing of a sister, uh, Calm losing his house and almost his life. He with the self mutilation, he's also losing his art. Yeah, he cuts off all the fingers right. on his hand that he uses to play the fiddle. He can no longer play. <laughs> he finished his tune that he was working on, his composition, but he can't play it. The thing that he was giving up his friendship for in the first place. It makes me think of this story as being so silly. Why would a fiddler, you know, the logic side, the, the mm -hmm. front side of your brain, not the lizard part, but the front side of your brain would say, why would this artist, this self-proclaimed artist, this fiddler, who apparently is well known enough to have students from the university come to learn from him. Come to learn from him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why would he do something that he can't take back that, like you said, severs him from his art, blows up that bridge. I don't know. I hear stories of family situations all the time where parents treat each other terribly, where kids treat each other terribly, where the family is just in such disrepair because people blow up the bridges and they can't go back from it. This makes perfect sense to me because people do stupid things all the time. As much as we think ourselves as like logical, rational creatures. Or highly evolved or... Right. Civilized. Exactly. Civil <laughs> yes, civilized. I don't know. A lot of people want to talk about this as like our current, like a commentary on our current social position where people hate each other politically. But I just think more so that it's the really good short story of how people can treat each other and the ramifications of them treating each other in those ways. I think so too. The movie took a strange turn for me when it started getting more into. It, it had this little bit of supernatural element with the old witch. witch. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized that she is the stand-in for the Banshee. Yes. That she is the portender of death and what's taking place and personified in the movie. I didn't make that connection, but you're right. I was like, I don't know. It's Ireland and she's a creepy old lady. I was like, to me, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She could be a witch. Darby O'Gill and the little people. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Colin Farrell's character, Porig, trying to come to terms and trying to figure out why Colm doesn't want to be his friend anymore. And even after Colm cuts off his finger and throws it at his door, and there's the shock of, oh, he's serious. He wasn't kidding about this. Yeah. He still pursues it trying to figure out and trying to talk to Calm and trying to come to some sort of understanding. It's a fairly one-sided, I don't know, um, war that's being waged from Calm to Porik. And then there's the turning point after Porik's donkey chokes and dies uh, when she tries to eat one of the fingers that Calm throws at the door and just bounces off. Then there's a retaliation. Yeah. And Calm seems to understand the relationship and how much Orig loved this donkey. Because he's lost, he, he loses everyone. He, he doesn't have enough sense of self to maintain his character. Then he confronts Calm, tells him exactly what he's going to do. He's going to burn down his house and he's not going to check whether he's inside or not. He's just going to 
show up at exactly this time, two o'clock, the time that they always went to the pub and burn his house down. He doesn't have any grudge against the dog. Who he saves. He actually takes a moment to look in the window, notices that Colm is there, and then continues to light the fire, which I thought was very telling of his character. And then you have the final confrontation on the beach. Colm decided that he didn't want to die. He escaped. Some of you broke a window or something, but got out. And then Porg meets him on the beach, and they have this final discussion. He's talking both about the Civil War taking place and about their own conflicts that they're having. That, that Colm instigated. It is tragic. Maybe I'm, I'm still trying to work it out, I think. Yeah, and I, I, w- I was at work the other day and we were talking about this movie with someone who I like and respect when it comes to movies. And we both left with like a different perspective on it. There was something in the conversation and I haven't gone back to rewatch it. So I, so I don't know what it was in the dialogue that made me think this way, mm-hmm. but it almost seemed like there was a door left open for their relationship. And maybe it was just sort of like the calm almost seemed penitent and understanding of his part in what had happened. It was like calm realized that things went way too far. And I think he realized that after Padraig came to him in the pub and told him that Jenny had died and that like when, like when the switch flipped in Padraig and he was just serious and pissed, you know, which are yeah. two things that Padraig is not usually serious or pissed. Right. <laughs> you could kind of tell that Colm was coming off of whatever was holding him up in the relationship. And he seemed open and willing to have a relationship with Padraig. And, and on the beach, it was, I think there was something in the dialogue that almost made it sound like Colm wished that they could go back to it and it would be kind of open if they mm-hmm. could. And now it's back on Padraig to eventually make that choice. I can see both worlds. I can see a world where Padraig has nothing to do with Calm ever again. And I can see a world where Padraig realizes that Jenny's death was accidental, right? That right. Padraig was completely out of line for burning down Colm's house. <laughs> right. With him inside. <laughs> exactly. With him inside. And I could realize that and that if Padraig realized that Colm was, Colm wanted to have a friendship again, that they could then get back to a place. Because like I said before, there's no one else on the island. It's not like you can avoid him. It's not like you have tons of other friends to go to. That just sort of understanding the situation and realizing that it's, there's no benefit to anyone to keep apart, to have the enmity not be buried between them. Or Colm thanks Padraig for taking care of his dog yes that's it and Park says it you know it turns out and he's 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 absolutely furious he's glaring at him but he just says anytime <laughs> and then he turns off and that was that was it in the dialogue that made me think there's a door open there right the fact mm-hmm. that home thanked Padraig for taking care of the dog and that Padraig said anytime <laughs> or whatever like <laughs> yeah. That made me think, okay, there's something there, which I think is kind of beautiful if, as a storyteller. We never not have the power to improve our relationships. We are always in control of being able of being able to improve our relationships. And relationships are two-sided things. And so it's, if I want to have a friendship with anybody, they have to want to be friends with me too. But we are in control of the part that we play in being able to allow people to make restitution, in being able to forgive, in being able to strengthen the connective tissue from our side. That's very well put. I love that. But 
I don't know. The the thing snowballed really quickly there at the it end. It did. <laughs> so sad. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug. Thank you, and good night. I was speaking with an artist not too long ago. We were at a gallery showing of his work. He's a local artist. I really like him. And and I like his work. He's really good. I like talking to him about his work because I frequent it seems frequently like I'll find things in his art that I really like and appreciate. And I'll talk to him about this one little part of this of his painting where I'm like, I really like how you did this. And he's like, you know what? I didn't even realize that I was doing that thing that you were focused on. I was finding something and appreciating something about his painting that yes, he had done. He had put it into his painting. He was the one who let the brush happen on this spot, but it was impacting me in a different way than he had meant it to, right? I was seeing something. I was pulling something out of it. That's one of the things that I love about art is that you can create something and give it to someone else and they can have their own thing with it. Right. They, they bring their expectations. They bring their life experiences. They bring all of that stuff with them. And it becomes this transfer of, I did this thing, but now you're seeing this other thing with it. I like movies that don't try to control the whole story. It seems like this one didn't. There wasn't a huge over-explanation monologue about something. There isn't a finite resolution no. to the conflict either. Well, what's going to happen next? I don't know. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's fun to imagine. It's fun to, it's fun to speculate.